Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, guys? It's your boy Dylan. I'm here to talk about once again betonline.ag. Betonline remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season, everything from NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. They're the fastest and easiest way for all your betting needs for all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just make sure you use our promo code BLEAVE, that is capital letters B L E A V, to receive your rewards. One more time, that is capital letters B L E A V. Bet online where the game starts. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Hunzinger at Thunder Chats. We are part of the Believe Network, and this podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Now that that is out of the way, I got to get to my co-host here. First, we got the man that refers to himself as Matty Double Dribbles. Hopefully that's not the case when we play in our 3-3 three three tournament whenever we come down to OKC. The one, the only, Matt Tierney. What up, Tierney? Doing good. Um, shout out betonline.ag. Thunder plus seven and a half or minus seven and a half covered over covered tonight. Watch the game on betonline.ag, which by the way, I was telling Dylan before we started the recording, he was saying he was having trouble watching the game. Betonline.ag has live streams of all the games. If you sign up with them and we have a code that I don't, I think it's believe, right? Yeah. It's believe capital letters. Shout out, shout out that, um, so yeah, I'm doing good. I had a great Christmas. I just got back on Monday. No, yeah, Monday um, with the family. It was great. We just chilled, played, did some puzzles, watched some movies, and had a great time. So I'm I'm just feeling good and feeling even better after after the game tonight. I'm gonna start calling you Maddie Betts because I feel like you're as locked into like the gambling I, as as anybody. I else. don't bet. I only bet on Thunder games because we have a sponsorship with them. So I just feel like it's yeah, just I don't know. A man of the company, Fun. man of the people, man of the people, man of the well, company. I like it. Well, also joining us today, um, he's got an on-air sign in the background. He's got a brand new laptop. He's the underscore the man that the legend Connor. What up, Con? Not much. Also psyched about the game. Uh, it was a good one. You know, uh, Mike Muscala, friend of the pod, masterclass in this one. Had a great game from him. Um, he's back, yeah. baby. Friend he's of the pod. Back. Yeah, he was going crazy in this one. So shout out to him. A lot of other great performances and some fun stuff to talk about. Sneaking close to the play-in. Uh, we're close. It's like right there. If we can get a couple more Warriors losses, the Timberwolves continue to disappoint like they have been recently. And who knows? The Thunder might end up in the play-in, so I'm sure we can talk about that with the upcoming schedule after we talk about the game that just happened tonight. But yeah, it's exciting. It's been fun to watch. Um, 
also want uh, I'll, I'll give him a shout out when we get to the game itself but uh, one guy in particular who a lot of thunder fans were giving some slack to begin the season has really been hooping as of late and so um we, we i'll talk about him a little bit a little teaser right there yeah a little next time on yeah Cone, Cone's teasing how hard he's going to dunk on Thunder fans for how wrong they were. So I like <laughs> but Let's get into it, man. So uh, the Thunder played the San Antonio Spurs today. Uh, first game after a three-game break for the the game in which they went into overtime with the Pelicans on Christmas Eve Eve. Uh, the Thunder won this game 130-114. to And as I was telling Tierney and Cone before we started recording, uh, I suffer from streamer's roulette. So... I missed a lot of this game. So like we do whenever uh, Dolan is on the podcast and he doesn't get to watch the game, I'm going to ask you guys questions based on what I see on the timeline, based on what I see in the box score, and uh, kind of get a feel for what the what happened in this game. So uh, let's start off on the Thunder side. Alexis Pokszewski played two minutes, one of mm-hmm. one from the field, one of one from three. Uh, it looks like he hit his only three-point attempt and he had a rebound in those two minutes. Uh, Tierney, I'll start with you, man. What happened with Boku? I did not see this injury, actually. I, I was tuning in on and off throughout the game. All of a sudden, I tuned back in. Poku's not there. And so I didn't hear it until uh, someone in our group chat mentioned the injury. Um, I don't know if we want, because when this comes out, can we, I feel like by the time this comes out, we'll know the injury, right? So we may we, like, or may not it? have insider information on we, but I don't want to, I don't want to like say it if it's not going to be out there, but we have an idea of what it is. It's, it's not as bad as it could have been. Not as bad as it could have been. Right. That's, I think that's all we can say for now. Um, so, but the point is I didn't see it. I should have probably looked up before this to see what actually happened. So I, I probably don't have as much, information as cone does because i think he probably saw it but i i i didn't i just tuned out for like a, a minute came back in poker wasn't there so that's yeah. all i got it it didn't seem good uh he immediately seemed like he was in a lot of pain um it was kind of a weird one like it seemed like he twisted his ankle but on the replay it was kind of like didn't seem like it was that big like it wasn't really the ankle that was bothering him and he was kind of grabbing at his leg as a whole um, so I think the Thunder tweet out like, oh, like Poku, or I, it was one of the Thunder reporters. I can't remember who it was. Someone tweet out like Poku, like grabbing his ankle or like, it seems like Poku hurt his ankle. And I was like, yeah, maybe, but like, I don't mm-hmm. know if like, it, it just seemed like it was a bigger injury than that. And yeah, I, like you all said, from what we know, it, it does seem like it's more than an ankle. Thankfully it's not anything <laughs> like, as far as we know, super serious, but yeah, I wouldn't be mm-hmm. surprised if Poku misses some time, which is a shame because he's been having a really, really fun season. Uh, I'm very interested to see who would take his spot in the starting lineup. I mean, Moose just had a great tryout. If they want to decide to go that route with him, give Shea a little bit more spacing um, in that front court because Poku has been lights out from three so far this season. So if they want to give him a bit, bit more spacing mm-hmm. that way, you could go with that. <laughs> um, you know, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Mark Dagnall, I said earlier today is like, still a pretty good bit away from the way he was talking. He was like, he's still like weeks and weeks away. So Man. it might be a while before we see Jerry, which sucks. Um, so yeah, there's injuries are starting to pile up a little bit in the front court. Uh, Poku missed a significant time. Jerry is out. Uh, I'm sure we would then see Jalen Williams probably get brought up to 
the uh, like the full time squad for uh, a lot more sh- appearances. Uh, he he just had a great game, by the way. I don't know if y'all saw. He had mm-hmm. a triple double. Uh, he had like twenty points. I think like almost fifteen dimes. Like it was crazy. Um, so I'm sure we'll get some more minutes from him, which would be fun to see. It would be cool to have a big body that can screen a little bit and stuff like that. But yeah, get well soon, Poku. Um, and yeah, I'm really curious to see who gets that start in his spot, assuming he does miss significant time. Yeah, honestly, like, I mean, this is, again, this is somebody that, that missed a lot of the game. But, like, kind of looking at the box score, you know, he, he didn't do, like, much on the offensive end. But, um, you know, Darius Basley, whenever he's out there, is kind of more of a defensive threat. And, I mean, just looking at the box score, I mean, he didn't have any steals. He had one block. So, I don't know what kind of impact he had. But, if I was the guess, I would say they might start him and keep Moose off the bench because as much as I yeah. love Moose, I don't think he's built to like start a game and finish yeah. the game. I think he's more of like a, a spurt kind of player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That does feel like his role. I did feel like Baisley uh, had offensive spurts. Like he was involved in a lot offensively, I, but I don't think it really like shows on the box score that much. Um, but he's like, he's like involved and if he's in the starting lineup, he's going to be playing a lot of minutes with Shea. And, uh, I think that kind of sort of compliments him a little bit because if Baisley can shoot, which I mean, everybody was shooting well today. So I don't know how much you can gather from that. It was the Spurs after all, but if Baisley can shoot, then, that could compliment Shea a lot. So putting him in the starting lineup could, could be a nice, like short term, um, short term thing. I think also J will or J dub, I guess, however you want, or Santa, whatever we say here. I think he's <laughs> also a interesting sort of person to put in there. Also a shout out uh, Western conference rookie of the month. I don't know if we covered that. Or in earlier pods, but I think I think you're I think you're mixing up all, all the Jalen Williams right now, Tyranny, because you said you you said Jay will. What I said? You talk about putting him in the starting lineup. Um, the guy that people call J Dub and the guy that I call Santa is already in the starting lineup. He's the one that won Western Conference Rookie of the Month. Oh, this yeah, is right. why we Santa people. This is this <laughs> is why we Santa. No, I, I, I'm sticking to it. I just want to confuse everybody and just throw in like multiple <laughs> J Wells and see if you can figure out which one it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that was my bad. I, I, I honestly uh, was not. No, you're, he was already part of the starting line. You're good. You're good. But if he wasn't already, that's somebody put in. Um, but yeah, I like, but back to Baisley, I do think he's an interesting person to put in. I, I'm kind of out on Baisley. Like I have been this season a little bit on like his, his progression, but in this short term he's been better so i'm, I'm like oh maybe we'll see yeah i mean i don't i don't think it's an unpopular opinion to say that basically he's probably not gonna be on this team post trade deadline um mm-hmm. and i think that if you're looking to showcase him a little bit more to maybe yeah out just point. a little bit more value before the trade deadline why not throw him in a starting lineup um you know if and you know if it really took injuries if it really took uh three injuries now uh, to the lineup for Baisley to get significant run specifically in the starting lineup. I think that tells you all you need to know about how the Thunder feel about him. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, next thing, kind of looking at the box score. I mean, besides the obvious, you know, we, 
we're, we're getting into the habit of covering Shay last because like he's the obvious thing. Um, but you know, you kind of talked about it. Mike Muscala off the bench, 19 points in 21 minutes, five of eight shooting three of five from deep six rebounds two assists. Um, and also a steal and a block, uh, game high plus, or, yeah, game high plus 16 on box score plus minus, uh, Cohen, I mean, obviously Moose like definitely played because Poku was out. He had more of an expanded role. Um, I mean, was he just, was he getting open? Was he like, was he earning these buckets? Like what was the deal? Man, Moose was, it was fun to watch him. He was like, like typically you see him kind of get some catch and shoot threes here and there. Mm-hmm. He had a sidestep three right before halftime. Like he pump fake, got the defender on the flyby sidestep, drilled it, which was Man. really cool to see. Um, he, he took it off the dribble multiple times. Like he drove to the basket and got fouled for free throws, which you never see from Moose. Uh, he was aggressive. He was like really going for it in this game. I don't know if he was just like invigorated. He's like, this is my, he's like, this is my time. I'm going to go out there and show like, put me in the starting lineup coach. But he even got like the post game interview and stuff like that. He was, he was going, it was really impressive to see. Um, yeah, he did have a couple like, you know, just catch and shoot opportunities. There was one where Shea was wide open. So the defender hard closed out on him. Shea just passed it over to him on the side and he knocked down the three stuff like that. Um, but yeah, he was like doing a multitude of things. It was not you, you don't typically see Moose get in his bag like that, but Moose was in his bag. So uh, it was really fun to watch. I like audibly went like, ooh, like when he hit that sidestep three, because <laughs> mm-hmm. you don't see it from them. Typically, he just tries to shoot over the guy. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, kind of talking about the free throw line, like you were saying, six of six from the stripe. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, 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 well, hang on. I actually have a stats pulled up right now. Um, on the season, Moose has actually attempted 12, yeah, 20 free throws on the season before tonight. So, I mean, six free throws on the night. Like, I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. I'm trying to – Basketball reference is not working with me right now on the average, <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to see. Okay, yeah, so here we go. So before tonight, Moose was shooting 47.6% from the three-point line uh, in the month of December. And, you know, tonight he went, what, five of eight? No, he went three of five. Five of eight from the field, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he went three of five, which is uh, uh, that's uh, that's like, what, 60%? Yeah, that's 60% from the line. So, I mean, that's just going to raise his averages even more. He's going to be close to 50% from the three-point line in the month of December. So, um, for what was a slump for Moose for long stretches of the beginning of the year, uh, it seems like he's out of that. And not only out of that, but, like, really starting to, like, find, you know, his role in this team. And, you know, something that seemed to be a common theme in – not only Moose, but like a lineup that we like to play a lot is what uh, Mark calls the bomber lineup. When you put Shea out there with what we've been saying forever, put him out there with shooting. I think Trey Mann's in that lineup. Isaiah Joe's in that lineup. Mike Muscala's in that lineup. And then there's variations of who else. Maybe it's Santa. Maybe it's Kendrick mm-hmm. Williams. Maybe it's Wiggins. And like you just spread them out. And like that really seems to not only help Shea, because I mean, how much help does Shea really need this year? Like he's playing at, you know, any other year he could be playing at an MVP level. Um, but it's really seemed to help those guys as well, because while they're providing spacing for Shea, that's just another guy that the defense has to pay attention to on the arc to free them up as well. So uh looks like Moose seems to be a 
beneficiary of that. Uh, Tyrion, I'm going to you, man. So, you know, obviously this guy has struggled a lot this year. Um, he's been, you know, been through some ups and downs, but more recently some downs after an injury. Put up 75 points in two days. Had a good game in the Pelicans game. Didn't quite, you know, didn't quite uh, get a finish it out. But tonight, looks like he bounced back. Talk about Trey Man. How did how do you look? What would you like out of him? The Trey Man train. Yeah, I, uh, I I was saving this for later, but I mean, I might as well. Now, I think he was part of um, the starting lineup in the fourth quarter because if you were watching, uh, they had like a seven to 10 point lead for like most of the game. It would, it would kind of like be like a four point lead and then it get up to like eight, 10 and just go back and forth. And so it felt like it was always going to be kind of in that area. And then end of the third quarter, they, the Spurs all of a sudden cut it down to two. And so now you're like, okay, this could be bad. Start looking at Tankathon. Where are they in the placement? Is this going to matter? Uh, and then fourth quarter, they come out, and I think it was uh, – I think I have the tweets somewhere. But it was it was man, and then it was um, J-Dub, Giddy, uh, Wiggs, and uh, Kenny, uh, Kenny Williams. So those five ended up just, like, sealing the deal, and it never got back – I don't think it ever got back below single digits after that. Um, so – Trey Mann was a huge, huge part of tonight, which was just the bench being great, mm-hmm. shooting well, being really efficient, uh, moving the ball really well, um, especially in that fourth quarter. Um, so it was just, it was just really good offense. Um, defense, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't know, I don't feel like I know enough about like defense to to comment on it. It, it looked good, but it's also the Spurs, but offensively. Um, it was just very fluid, rhythmic basketball, and part of that was with Trey Mann. Yeah, he was really solid. Uh, it was cool to see him kind of – it felt like we were watching Trey Mann from last season. Um, you know, he's had kind of a down start to the year, but mm-hmm. doing step-back threes, he was – hustling he had one layup that was crazy it was like an up and under like fake on one side go back like swing it all the way yeah. around and finish over that, that layup yep. was crazy that was a really fun one uh so he was just doing really well he really felt like he was kind of in his his rhythm he was flowing and you know he said multiple times and mark dating noticed said that he really is a rhythm player and i felt like he kind of got into that rhythm tonight so hopefully that is a sign of things to come but yeah it was really fun stuff out of train man once again i felt like i was watching a lot of what we saw last season tonight yeah, and it, it looks like he's really got his confidence back. Um, you know, mm-hmm. after it, it seemed to like be shaken after coming back from the back injury, uh, it looks like the G League showcase did exactly what Presti and Co. planned for it to do, and it instilled confidence in Trey, and it also helped him catch a rhythm. And he played well in the Pelicans game, not as well as he did tonight, but um, I I hope we're starting to see a trend of what Trey can bring. Um, to this team because if he's performing like this off the bench on a night-to-night basis, that's just one more person helping with Shea and Giddy is already bringing to this team, um, you know, all around. And it's just going to be another another notch in the belt for the guys that are pushing for the play-in. So ho- hopefully Trey Man uh, continues to press on here. Um, yeah, I mean, Tierney, you mentioned the bench shooting. I mean, just the team overall. Well, I mean, if you're looking at the bench – Nobody shot under 50% from three. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Bay's one of two. Kenya hit his only shot. Three of five for Moose. Three of six from Trey Man. One of two from Isaiah Joe and one of one from Wiggins. The team shot 54.2% from three, which is just ridiculous. But I mean, and I mean, we only took 24 attempts and it, it's kind of wild, you know, just kind of looking at the box score uh, of a team that's shooting so well from three, why they wouldn't, w- wouldn't take any more of it. Like, was we, were we getting easy looks at the basket or like, what, what was the deal there, Cone? Um, can you repeat that last part real quick? I was I, Luka Doncic just dropped the sixty point triple double, and I kind of phased <laughs> out a little bit. Yeah, um, just repeat that last question. Just Cone is time. Cone's planning for his video tonight. I got you. I, I low key am. am. Um, yeah. So um, basically, the three point shooting. You know, we only shot twenty four attempts, even though we mm-hmm. were shooting fifty four percent from the three point line. Is there a reason we didn't like attempt yeah. more? Okay. Yeah. So. It really just the Spurs didn't have much resistance down low. It felt like every time guys were, you know, fighting their way down the hill, it was they were getting to the basket. Uh, you know, Jacob Hartle was pretty solid. He was doing his best. But a lot of times it was like Shea getting into the mid range or Josh Giddy taking a floater here and there. Um, you know, Trey Mann finishing around the basket like we talked about. Uh, J-Dub, Aaron Wiggins had a crazy put back towards the end of the game. Um, that really kind of sealed things off. It was just all around. A, it did feel like we were kind of focusing more on attacking downhill. And it also seemed like may, like a little bit because of the shooting that the Spurs were trying to prevent those shots a little bit. They were really selling out on closeouts. Um, we were just mm-hmm. taking advantage, attacking off the dribble. Like I said, even like Moose was attacking off the dribble. That's how mm-hmm. much we were yeah. attacking those closeouts tonight. So, uh, I mean, it worked really well, too. Like you said, we shot well from three and, you know, we scored 100 what 30 points in the end yeah um so it was yeah it was really really impressive the offense was really um i think maddie you were saying um really kind of like flowing it felt like you said a rhythmic uh it felt like everybody was kind of finding their groove this was one of the and i once again it is against the spurs who aren't exactly the best team but it was one of the best offensive like flowing games it felt like of this season uh, which is which is impressive because this team's had a lot of great offensive nights uh, but like Shea didn't even have to drop 30 like he typically does for us to score 130. Uh, there was a stat on the Thunder broadcast like right after the game ended uh, that the Thunder had the second most bench points in franchise history tonight. I think it was like 63 or 68. Yeah, I believe that. So, yeah. yeah, so everybody was hooping. Like everybody was getting theirs, getting involved, like sharing the ball. I think there was like 12 assists on the first 15 buckets or something Nick Gallo said. So uh yeah also shout out to chris fisher i think they said he was stuck in an airport somewhere um so oh, hopefully, wow. he's able to get, hopefully he's able to get back to the broadcast uh but yeah the, the offense just felt amazing tonight that's awesome. also yeah shout out nick gallo that was awesome to see him oh like, yeah do do um play by play friend of the pod friend of the pod yeah he's he's a great guy and so it was cool to see him there um but yeah i like just to reiterate what cone was saying like it was it felt like very early on the Spurs interior defense was pretty good. Like I, I never know how to pronounce his name. Is it is it Sochan or Sokan? So so yeah, so Sohan. Sohan. The one I didn't say. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Sohan. <laughs> We're that, not even he, sure. We're both saying it differently. Too. I I I thought he was like his interior defense early felt pretty good. He had like a really good block. I think it was I forget who it was on. Maybe J-Dub. I can't remember. J-Dub had a good block on somebody else. I might be mixing those up. But they were the interior defense was like good very early on in the game. But then it just sort of like devolved from there. And it was to the point where it, was, it just looked like whenever Shea or anybody else would drive, people would like 
they would like start to to contest, but then they'd be like, ah, they they probably made it. There's no point in even trying. It was just like they didn't even look like they were giving a giving a crap and and going up and contesting. And so, and then again to reiterate Cone's Cone's point, like when they would give in and uh, try to close off the interior they would just leave somebody wide open. And so then it would just be a free, like a, basically like a practice three point shot. So it, it was very easy offense, but it's hard to say with the fact that it's the Spurs, but on top of that, you know, these games where you're playing like below average teams can also just be good to like reinvigorate the spark of the offense and just to like get some confidence back and be like, Hey, mm-hmm. we can, we can flow. We can, we can pass the ball well. We have a good offense. And so, um, you know, even though it's a bad team, I think that's still like a good positive step forward for, for this team just to, just to see that we can do the offense we want to do. Yeah, yeah. it was it was a good one. Um, like you were saying, just uh, like the team has been pretty good offensively this season. I've been impressed by a lot of things. And every time mm-hmm. I watch this team play offensively, I think about how great it would look with Chet as part of the offense too. It would, it'd be like, like that big floor stretching center. Oh man. Uh, get well soon Chet, but. And defensively, I'm always just like, mm-hmm. gosh, that'd be so nice. Yeah. yeah. It's, I, f- I can't imagine like what this team would look like with Chet because we've already looked, you know, not phenomenal. I think we're now 15 and 19, which isn't really mm-hmm. that bad yeah. uh, with how close the Western Conference is and everything like that. But if we had Chet, I don't know. I wonder where we'd be right now. I think we're better than the Lakers right now. So like, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's something. Good. LeBron's on that team. That has to be something. <laughs> how the oh, money yeah. have fallen. He's no Shea Gilgis Alexander. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> Oh, uh, speaking of Shay, um, you know, again, kind of looking at the box score. So Giddy seemed to have a, uh, I don't want to say mid game because he did a lot. He had seven points, eight assists, seven rebounds, uh, you know, shot three of 11 from the field, hit his only three point attempt, but Shay also had eight assists. Um, is this, was this a product of them kind of, you know, playing off of each other once again, like really working or is just kind of them cooking on their own? Um, a little bit of a combination. A lot of it was um, for Giddy kind of cooking. Well, with Shea, it's typical. Like the defense really closes out on him. He kind of makes a pass. He had this amazing wraparound pass to Mike Muscala uh, Ooh, at one yeah. point where he he put his arm like, like it was like a go-go gadget arm type thing where his arm just felt like it kept extending to wrap the pass around to him, uh, which is amazing. Josh Giddy had so many great interior passes today. I feel like yeah. there were so many times where he would drive into the basket. Someone would cut at the right time. He'd hit, he'd hit it over to them. Uh, just, you know, typical Josh Giddy stuff, but even mm-hmm. more consistent. And this is the part where I want to give Josh Giddy some love. He was, you know, the shooting numbers weren't great, but he made such a big impact on the court today outside of those, which is what you want to see. You want your players to be able to make a big impact even when they're not scoring. And uh, with this performance, now the stat muse app decided to reset, so I'm going to find it again. <laughs> but um, Josh Giddy has been really good in the uh, month of December. It's... Um, you know, he started off the season kind of rough and he's kind of turned things around in a big way. No stat news. That is December, 2021. Uh, <laughs> it's at 11 points. I'm like, I know he's been better than that. Um, but you know, it's, it's once again, a case of you can't overreact, especially for a young player. Okay. Got him up. He's averaging 14.9 points per game, 9.2 rebounds and 5.8 assists in 10 games this month. Um, and shooting wise, he's got performances like 
eight of 16 from the field. Um, he knocked down like two of four threes, two of three threes, one of four, two of two, one of three, one of four, two of three, one of one. Like he's knocking down his shots. He knocked down a three to like, you know, I think it was the second or third possession of the game. He knocked one down. He's just been really good. Like a lot of people overreacted, I believe, to the way the season started or yeah, the way that he started his sophomore season off. And you've got to give guys time to kind of figure things out, even though we had, um, you know, a lot of the same pieces from last year. It's still new stuff coming in, you know, new players to integrate and figure things out. And, you know, Josh Gideon has really turned things around in a big way. He's having a really, really solid month. And if it continues up this way, we keep seeing the shooting uptick and everything, then uh, he's going to be having a really good sophomore season. So I want to give him a shout out on that one. Uh, cause, yeah, because I know a lot of Thunder fans were really hard on him to start the year, and uh, he's been phenomenal this yeah. month. Yeah, I I totally agree with all you said. I loved his passing tonight. Um, when you said Josh Giddy, it reminded me. I looked it up while you were talking. Um, if you saw this tweet, either one of you let me know. But uh, Josh Giddy, second youngest player to have 1,000 points, 500 rebounds, 500 assists. Do you know who the youngest player was? Mm-hmm. I, I, mean, oh, I did saw you both see it. I saw did you see it. Did you see it, Dylan? Yeah, I, I was. I was. Okay. I was gonna ask what that. Dang it! I was I hoping nobody would drop that. It was LeBron. LeBron James. He's the youngest player. The two so, greatest to ever play the game. The greatest <laughs> to ever play. Just Josh Giddy, LeBron. Hey, it was good timing though, because like I was, I was about to ask what gonna that, bring that up. was. I couldn't remember yeah. what it was. I remember he did something historic tonight though. So you're yep. right on cue, Tierney. Yep. Dang it, man. Thought I was going to surprise one of <laughs> It's so good. All right. Um, last thing I want to talk about, man, just Shay. I mean, not only did he have 28 points, eight assists, six rebounds, uh, four blocks, two steals, like, you know, just getting it done over the place, nine to 14 from the field, and he hit 10 of his 11 free throws. Um, the thing that I kind of wanted to ask about, because obviously he was cooking, um, mm-hmm. didn't take any threes, which, you know, we kind of talked about that with the rest of the team. But only shot 14 shots. Was that just a product of his team mates like getting it done and him not having to do as much? Or was San Antonio denying him more? What was up? Yeah, they were playing some. Uh, Sohan was doing a pretty good job of trying to deny him when he could. Uh, Kelvin Johnson was having some moments on him too. Uh, but really just kind of felt like Shea was like not trying to force it too much. Uh, there was a stretch. At, it was in the second quarter. So we start off three for three. And then in the second quarter, he only took three shots when he came back in and he went over three to like finish the half at three of six. And it's, he seemed kind of frustrated by those shots. Like it was ones that you typically see Shea knock down mm-hmm. and he, he kind of like started to flow more into the offense. Like in the second half, it felt like he was, um, you know, just kind of being like, if I get mine, I get mine. And when the offense really needed him to take a shot, he's like, okay, I'll go get us a bucket real quick. Uh, but yeah, San Antonio was really trying to sell out on stopping him when he got to that mid range area um, trying to deny him the ball, just prevent Shea from beating them if they could. Um, it was also interesting because uh, this game was coached by Brett Brown uh, since Greg Popovich got ejected in the first quarter. Oh, yeah, I forgot about um, that. I did see was, that. Yeah, which was super weird. They ejected him, like, immediately. They gave him one tech, and about, like, two seconds later, he got a second tech. So I feel like typically they give you a tech, and then they're like, okay, like, if he's still screaming, it's like, let him cool off for a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, if he still keeps going, then you do it. But it was like back to back. So I don't know what Greg Popovich said. 
Um, but yeah, Brett Brown was like, we're not letting Shea beat us. So he sent a lot of heat at him and Shea was making the right plays over and over again. And like you mentioned with the blocks, uh, he was, he was really, uh, anyone who went up against Shea was not getting that shot up. There was one where, uh, Stanley Johnson kind of started to put up a shot, but had to like move it a little bit because someone was in his way and Shea just like snatched it out from behind him and like, like basically slammed it into the earth. Um, which was like a very violent block. I think J-Dub had a really violent block in this one too. Uh, the team was just, it was kind of a block party out there. So uh, great performance from Shea as usual. He didn't have to do too much. San Antonio was fouling him a lot. And also they just don't have the height to keep up with him. A lot of times like Trey Jones would get switched on to him and Shea could just like, it's so easy for Shea to shoot over someone of Trey Jones's height. Mm-hmm. Uh, there really isn't like he can contest it, but it won't really do too much. So uh, he was just really picking and choosing his battles, uh, going a lot to that mid-range, and San Antonio wasn't able to stop him from getting his looks when he wanted. Um, And then when they denied it, he was making a lot of the right reads. So, uh, you know, once again, just a factor of this being maybe the best offensive game. You know, we've had the game, like, against the New York Knicks where we dropped over 150 points. But uh, if I'm looking at one in particular where I'm like, wow, the offense was, like, really, really flowing tonight, like everybody getting getting involved in stuff, uh, this is one of those that definitely, like, catches your eye. Yep. Yeah, I, I I love when Cone's on because I just I'll just whenever he talks first, I'm just like, yeah, what he said. It's just <laughs> it's, I agree. <laughs> but I was because you also keep reminding me of things, and then I when you said the Popovich thing, that reminded me. I was thinking about it when it happened. I was like, it's December 27th, two days after Christmas. Popovich is probably at a point where he's about to retire. It's against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Maybe he said something to the refs before the game being like, hey, just eject me real quick so I can leave early <laughs> and go. I was just like, it, it could happen. I don't know. He's he's it's, it's a possible conspiracy. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I thought that was an interesting I'm gonna idea. Go if I can it did feel find, weird. Yeah, I'm going to go see if I can find what because I meant to look after the game ended. I want to see. Oh, apparently he yelled, do your job at them, which but that was, I think that was after he got ejected. Ooh. So uh but that's, maybe that's weak but yeah maybe he just couldn't well, stand to face chip england he was like i can't i can't go up against no. him i have to, I have to get <laughs> yeah. out of here my mortal enemy now that he's left <laughs> yeah they, and also, they, like, they need uh, to have a l2m uh lead, lead to minute report type thing for whenever coaches get ejected like we need to have yeah. a transcript for what was said i also love that popovich calls uh sam presti sammy the in his little like pregame pregame interview, he called him Sammy. I thought that was funny. What did he um, say? It was about Chip, um, Chip England, about how he was joking how like Sammy stole Chip England from us or something like that. I don't remember mm. the exact quote, but I was like, oh, Sammy, Sammy and uh, Greg, just just two buds. Um, Sammy and Greg. Yeah. <laughs> Sammy and Greg. Um, but yeah, I I just to wrap up the Shea part there i i think um i i much prefer when as fun fo- as fun as it is to watch shay cook and just like do his own thing i much prefer when he's integrating the offense and like only taking his shots when um the offense or the the opposing defense gives it to him not to say he can't make his shots when they don't give it to him we've seen that he can throughout the year but i always feel like and this is more, this isn't like a technical basketball thing. This is more just like a, a gut thing. I'm always just thinking like whenever, whenever Shea integrates the offense, it makes me feel a little bit better that he's going to stay in OKC long-term when I think he's going off and doing his own thing. My gut feeling is always like, 
he doesn't trust the offense. He doesn't trust this team. And then I start freaking out that he's going to go like years down the road and like want to join another team. So this is, this is not like, I like that he does it because it's better for the team. It's just more like my personal feelings of like, I like that he integrates the offense more like tonight, what we saw, we're only at 16 points, I think. Um, because it makes me feel like he's buying into the team more. So that, that was the only other thing I wanted to say, in addition to agreeing what Cone said earlier. Well, to that I ask, did you feel like Russell Westbrook wanted to leave the Thunder during his time? I mean, no, but we were in a totally different spot back then. I didn't think anybody was – well, I mean, that's not true. Maybe – I mean, after the Durant thing, I think everyone was a little bit sore, but I never thought Westbrook was leaving because that just wasn't like, because he, I don't know. He just, it just felt different because it was a, it was a, it was still a, like, we're still gunning for a title and like we, that that's in the near vicinity yeah. versus now where it's in a much farther timeline. Yeah. It's it's a different circumstance. I'm I'm just, I'm just messing with you, Tony. I'm just messing I, with I, you. Yeah. I had to uh, still justify it. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I honestly, like, I think Shea is very unselfish. Like, I think there's many games I, I wish agree. he yeah. would look to get his more because, like, just selfishly, yeah. like, like, I think we work in his box score. I'm like, before. dude, make like two more points, just get 30. Like, protect yeah. the average. I want you to score 30 points. Like, I, there's mm. an outside shot that he could be in, that he can win the scoring title. Like, there's you know, he's yeah. up there. He's still there. So he's, I don't know where he is now. I, I haven't checked recently. He's third still, I believe. Is it third? Okay. He, he's behind Luca and Embiid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Embiid got up there. I was about to say Curry, but never mind. Yeah. Well, yeah. after tonight, uh, is that, is that after tonight? Well, um, I guess he's got a pretty big lead on. Yeah. yeah Luca's got Luca with a, with a 60 point performance and Embiid had a yeah. 47 or four. I think he had 48 tonight. So. It hurts the case a little that, bit there. Just wait. Change. It's a long year. It's a long season. It's a long season. Shea, yeah, Shea, we need Shea to start dropping 70. Come on, man. I need it. Yeah. I need it. Hey, Booker could do it. Let's get Shea out there to do it. He broke the 42-point curse finally. It took him a while, do. but – Took him yeah. overtime. It, it did yep. take him overtime. I was – if he ended up at 42 again, I was going to be so frustrated. I was like, there is no way. Because he did that. He's done that like six times now, it feels like. He loves 42. It does. Yeah, it's pretty annoying. But all right, boys, I think uh I think that about covers everything I wanted to talk about in the game. Um Spurs side, there wasn't much to talk about. Uh Sohan seems to be a fraud offensively, you know, kind of like I called in the draft process. So just wanna take a take a victory lap on a you know, a first year nice. player like twenty games into the season. So let me just go ahead and do that real quick. <laughs> he's just gonna yeah, that's the way he's gonna be for the rest of his career. <laughs> Uh, I do love that he takes one-handed free throws. Like that's so fun. That was bizarre. I did not know that until I saw. I watched it. It's like, yeah, it's there's like there's like at least a. I feel like there's like five players that do that in the league. Just Have you guys seen Mason Plumley's jump shot? The one-handers. No, Mason Plumley. He he. His jumper's been so bad that he switched to a left-handed jump shot, and he. Like, oh yeah. He shoots it like like kind of like like it's like a like a push kind of thing. If just People please go on so Twitter, just, just just search up Mason Plumley. Like there are some videos. Um, I think it's Wob has like a thread of players on the be- opposing bench's reaction to Mason Plumley jump shots. Hilarious. They are like <laughs> every time he pulls it out, they're like, "What the hell just happened?" It's it is so funny. Um, so yeah, 
I, I want to give Sohan a shout though, because to be a rookie that was taken top 10 overall and say, and like put your dignity aside and be like, I'm going to get better at this. I'm going to shoot one handed. If that's mm-hmm. what it takes to fix my free throw routine, I will do that. I have any respect for a guy that like Mason Plumlee out there taking left-handed jumpers when he's a righty. Um, a couple of players, you know, taking underhanded free throws. Whatever you got to do, if it's got to shock the brain, you know, just get exactly. the mentals out, you know. Exactly. Hey, I mean, Bob Cousy, one of the best free throw shooters of all time. Like he he shot it like Granny shot style. So like that's crazy. You know what? Whatever whatever you got to do to make it work. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, hey, and if if you have a shtick, like and you know, it becomes like your thing. Like, yeah, that's that's even better. So that's cool. Um, no, I'm just. I mean, everybody knows from the draft cycle. Like, I'm. It, it's it's a bit with Sohan. I have nothing against the guy. Uh, I just didn't want him on the Thunder. So there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you was talking about jump shots. It made me think about my guy Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Uh, what oh Charlotte did. What Charlotte did to the man where he had his arms like. Oh my this. god, bro! It looked like he was gonna break his bones every time he shot a jumper. <laughs> it was. It was unbelievable. I was. It felt like he was gonna injure himself, man. I don't know how that happened. Oh, god, it was. Good it's Lord. so so rough looking man there's like that one picture yeah that one picture where he's just like like he's like he's like this yeah he's like peeking his eyes over his shooting form like you see this you see what they did to me man it's like when you throw a chest pass and your arms like cross over it's like that but he still has a ball in his hands it's wild like i don't understand how how does your brain do that like you're like this is how i should shoot the ball like this is this is the game plan or some shooting coach sees that like there's, I feel like there was an you didn't extent. Feel like Kentucky. I, I, I can get the test of that. that, that there was, was not a jump shot. There, I, there is always like, regardless of if it's ugly or not, if it goes in, it goes in, but there has to be some sort of limit for what we allow on the television <laughs> screen of millions of people across the globe to watch. We should have a rule where it's like, uh, like, the number of hands you use to shoot is the also representative in the number of points you get. So if you shoot with one mm. hand versus two, you get half the point. So if it's a three, you get 1.5. If it's a two, you get two. If it's a free throw, you get half a point. And then we should have a weird, weird looking jumper rule where you only get 75% of the points. Mm. And then we'll just have like crazy decimals and it'll just like mess up the scores and it'll be awesome. Just so then we, we do some math and we calculate the number of hands divided by, or the number of feet away from the basket you are divided by the number of hands pointage. So the Thunder could win a game like then, uh, 108.3578 <laughs> to 107.369. We're just doing we're just doing math on our on our on our like paper the whole time like crap trying what, to, how many points do we need yeah trying to make a reaction tweet about like a game winner and I'm like like wait hold on like do like pull the calculator app <laughs> Zach Galifianakis it gif the whole time yeah and then Presley's gonna go full next level and he's gonna start uh, start drafting players that know how to shoot the ball together so we can have multiple <laughs> hands on the ball to get oh, more points four pointers yeah. Three, oh, I like it. 3D chess, Sam Presti. He's wow. he's got it. <laughs> Gonna get soccer players that can use their feet too. So you've got like a, like two hands on the ball and a foot <laughs> on the ball type thing. Man, bicycle kick it in. 
Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's just clip this. Let's just clip this and send it to the NBA committee right now. I was about to say we, we've opened up Pandora's box. I, I just want to. I just want to talk about this. What are What are some other weird jump shots that like stand out to you guys in NBA history? Like Sean Marion, like is oh, like oh, yeah. forever go down in history for me. Just the, just the little <laughs> flick. I just I just flicked my head. My <laughs> You're gonna injure yourself, Dylan. Be careful. Yeah. Yeah, I almost pulled my mic back on I me. Mean, that would have been fun. But yeah, no, that that one definitely steps out. Uh, I actually got pretty good shooting like that. Like I used to play horse with my friends all the time, and that was like my go-to like all right you gotta shoot this three like sean mary <laughs> the only one got... i can think of off the top of my head right now is the Draymond backpack three-point shot mm-hmm. that one's not that crazy <laughs> i think of like another historical one uh joakim noah him when he tried to take jumpers later in his career to try and prolong it and he was just it was like a it was like a two hands on the ball like a this type thing where he like goes <laughs> out like that uh yeah. that was that was crazy. I just realized people that are listening on audio can't understand what I'm saying. He like both hands on the ball and he like, <laughs> put his wrists like away from like the center spot. There's that one. Like he's doing a breaststroke, but like yes, in the air. exactly. Yeah. Like a yeah. breaststroke on a basketball is what he was trying yeah. to do to put it in the basket. Wasn't there somebody that like when they shot it, they would put their hand on top of the ball like this. Al Horford I, yeah. yeah. I Horford couldn't remember who it was bit. though. Yeah. I feel like there was also somebody who like shot it like behind their head. Kevin Garnett shot like that. Was that who it was? My cousin shoots really. like that. Like he he like loves Kevin Garnett and he literally like it's like a we call it the catapult because he just like pulls it back and lets it fire. It's just it's extra power if you go back here, you know. Kevin Martin had a weird one going on. Oh yeah, he shot like from the hip. It was like it was like Lonzo Ball entering the league and Sean Marion's release. It was like Lonzo Ball's <laughs> gathered Sean Marion's release. Combo. Yeah, one of the worst combos you could possibly make. But hey, he, he was money. That man was silly. That man was a crazy shooter. Hey, if it's if it's ugly and it goes in, it you know, it still goes in. I don't know points. uh I don't know if he actually shot like this, like in real life, but I remember playing 2K and my guy Chuck Hayes from Kentucky. I made like an all Kentucky player team at the time. So like Chuck Hayes was like my 12th man. And when you would shoot a free throw with him, like, you know, you would like pull down on the, the analog stick and like you want to release it at the top of the shot. Well, my guy Chuck Hayes would like, he would drop down to shoot. He'd come up and then he'd come back down and then shoot it. And I was just like, this, so this is terrible. Was he traveling the, every shot? Like how? Did no, like on, on on a free throw, like on a free throw. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, like, he was, he's just he traveling like, every uh, shot. Uh, <laughs> it was just so awkward. That sounds there's, awkward. Um, there's like, I think it's Kevin Duckworth had like that really what ugly angle. shot where he his like feet like almost went up and like kicked his butt when he shot or. It was either him or Bill Cartwright, one of the two of them, I think. Because um, I remember from 2K, like that was like the the meme jumper that everyone had, where it was like, yeah, um, yeah, he like his foot shots. went up and kicked his butt, kicked his butt. Um, so that's a rough one that I could think of. Uh, there are some ugly jumpers, man. But I mean, you make it to the league, you make it to the league. There are some. Mm-hmm. It's like big men in particular. I feel like where they don't typically have to take jumpers. Um, like at the end of the the big man era where it was like oh okay and now you've got to start shooting and so many big men were like trying to shoot jumpers and they looked hideous and stuff like that it was it was a fun transition from the the old ways to the three-point era getting to see some of those jumpers yep absolutely man 
And I, I think we can climb out of the rabbit hole now and we can finish up the podcast actually talking about a little bit of Thunder basketball. Um, so, as we mentioned, the Thunder are not going to do the play in. Uh, we're going to look at our next six games because in the next six oh, yeah. games, we have two sets of an away game, two home games, and away game, two home games. So, uh, first, we got the Hornets um, at New Orleans on Thursday. Then we travel back to OKC on Saturday to play the Sixers. Um, dang, Cone, it, wait, oh, no, you're staying until the – okay, yeah, so you'll be able to watch that with Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be that'll that'll be a fun one. I can't wait to see what Joel B does to us. <laughs> oh God, that's, mm-hmm. that's that's okay. Yep, that's that's not ready for TV. So, um, and then we got the the Celtics uh, that Tuesday. So I think we got like a three days rest. And then on the back to back, we travel to Orlando and play the Magic. And then on Friday, we go back to OKC to play the Wizards and then the Mavs and Luka Doncic on that Sunday. Which we always played the, the Mavericks pretty well. But um, if we're gonna give our record prediction in these six games, let me let me look at it. Let me let me get a good feel for it. Uh, I'm feeling frisky. I'm gonna say we're going four and two. I like it. That would be nice Great. if we that would that would help us make up some ground. We'd then be nineteen and twenty one. That would be pretty good. I feel like inching back up towards five hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I think we're gonna I think we'll beat the Hornets. Uh, yep. The Sixers, <laughs> Joel Embiid is very, very scary. I think we're going to lose that one. Um, you know, Boston's tough too. Um, yeah, you know what? I'll go with you, Dylan. I'll say four and two. Let's go. <laughs> so we, wait a minute. Does this mean I have the cone curse? Do I need to change my? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go zero and six. We'll go zero and six. Well. I'll, I'll, I'll fix that. I think. I think last time I was on a podcast, we. Uh, we, I may have mentioned this, but I'll say it again. I, I am holding out for the tank. I think we're still in tank mode, and I'm still Ooh. wanting tank mode. I know it's not the popular opinion, but to be honest, it's almost like reverse psychology at this point, where if I just keep wanting tanking and then we just don't tank, it's just maybe we'll just win the title. I don't know. Like we're <laughs> just, we're just like, just keep doing this and like don't, don't veer off, and we'll. We'll be good. So here's what I'm gonna do, and I'm gonna say one and five, oh and I'm gonna I'm gonna blow your mind with uh, with this one and five. I'm gonna go game by game. We're gonna lose to the Hornets. We're gonna lose to the Sixers. We're gonna win by 15 points to the Celtics at home. <laughs> We're gonna lose to the Magic, lose to the Wizards, lose to the Mavs. But in the Mavs game, Shea's gonna score 60. Luca's gonna score two, and then get ejected okay so so that, so that our i i want us to tank but i want shay to have the scoring title so mm. that's to help that, that's to help average things out a little bit after tonight that would be interesting uh you had me in the first half <laughs> you didn't see that lie. coming had me in the first half uh yeah when you got to the yeah. mass game it's like okay yeah you <laughs> this, this isn't legitimate but no i mean, I mean yeah I mean, I, that last part was kind of a joke but i do think we'll I go get. like one and five, two and four, something like that. Yeah, no, I, I think this stretch of games could like realistically kind of lay out, you know, what the rest of the season is going to look like. Because, like Cone said, if we go four and two, we're two games under 500 at that point. And, you know, we still got a little bit of time before the All Star break, but that's really when you see a lot of the league, you know, either shifted into gear to start competing for seeding in the playoffs or, 
they pull back to try to, and especially this year, pull back to try to compete for Wimby. So uh, I think that, you know, Presti uses the phrase, like, you know, he's going to let this team declare itself. And we've kind of been declaring ourselves all year, but like, if you really want to make a statement and like really declare yourself, like I think the month of January um, is kind of when that's going to happen. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited to see it, man. I'm excited to see what happens. I, I mean, got high hopes for the team. Hopefully we can get, get, get a little bit healthier on the front court. I mean, you know, we, we talked about obviously Chet's out, Jerry's out, Poku's out, but forgot to mention Ooze is out as well. Like that's another front court Ooh, member yeah. um, that we're missing as well. So we're very thin there. We definitely need some help. Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously we have Joe Williams that we're going to be bringing up as well, but um in terms of front court depth, like we have him, we have Mike Muscala, we have Darius Baisley, like Cone, is there a shot we sign a free agent on like a 10 day, a couple 10 day contracts? Mellow, bring Mellow home. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, oh Lord. Yeah. I don't really, there's not really like many, that, that many guys out there. Um, the trade deadline I'm very interested in because I really do feel like, I don't know what it is, but I'm feeling like for some reason that we're going to make some type of move. I don't think it's going to be anything major. I, I feel like there's a young, I feel like there's maybe a young guy we can buy on somewhere. I don't, I know I, I kind of felt this at last trade deadline too, and I was very wrong, but for some reason to me, it feels like it won't be like a huge move. It's not going to be a big name. It might just be like a small role player guy, maybe to trade like a Darius Baisley who we don't think we're going to extend or something. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like we're going to make some type of move. I mean, I hope we do something. It would be cool to see us make a move and yeah. get excited about that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to see the way it goes, not just for the Thunder, but at the league as a whole, because I do think we're going to see a lot of teams with how wide open the NBA feels really commit to competing and we're going to see the teams a lot like really commit to tanking. And it's going to be like like a parting of the Red Sea in the standings. And I mean, if all that happens and we don't really do anything, I feel like we kind of sit in that middle spot there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm curious to see if we do make any moves there. Yeah, I, I know we're trying trying to wrap up. I wanted to bring this up earlier, and I'll just get your guys' opinions now. But it does – because we are in that middle section of teams right now, it seems – we're not going to win a title, but we're also not like bottoming out right now. And before the season started, I always thought that we would end up using Muscala as like a trading chip for, because we re-signed him. I always thought like, well, he's not part of our future, but we re-signed him so we can get some more assets at the trade deadline. And I still kind of feel like that's the case but now that we're kind of winning some games i don't know it does now it feels like if we're trying to get if we're trying to buy a young guy to come in why would we also give up muscala if he's going to help the team like he's been helping today and in this, mm-hmm. this season so i don't know i i still am kind of like i think he's not going to be here at the end of the year but it's hard to say given where we are now in the standings this uh well insider baseball moose is retiring at the thunder like i'm not saying it's happened this year but like moose ain't going nowhere is that is that uh is that breaking it's inside baseball so is that breaking that's, news uh, that's what i gotta put, say put that number 33 in the rafters <laughs> okay 
Um, Cohen, I do have, have we to... talked about that before. What about putting him in the rafters? No, about it, I'm pretty like, sure I probably I probably tweeted that one time when he hit a three. Yeah, I was, sure. I, we've definitely <laughs> talked about that. But I'm saying, have, have we talked about Moose like he's retiring here? I mean, it's not out there, Tony. I just said it. Well, I know. Okay, I just want I didn't because we haven't talked about that even on like I don't think we've talked about that on the text thread. That was that's shocking. Wow. Okay. okay. <laughs> It, it does feel like when, like he kept saying, "I want to be here," and the Thunder resigned yeah. him. It did. Feel, it does kind of feel like he's one of those vets that would stay around for a while. And it, he, I mean, he's talked a lot about how he likes OKC and he loves the podcast. So I don't think he would want to go anywhere else. Like yeah. he doesn't. He, he doesn't want to be on. O- he doesn't yeah. want to be on OKC Topic Kings. He wants to be here. So yeah, <laughs> the Oklahoma City OKC Topic, Topic Kings. Kings. <laughs> be... Exactly. That, you know one, that we... very popular podcast. From you know how City. weird that would be. It would be super odd. <laughs> it wouldn't make any sense. Uh, I love yeah. it. I love it. Yeah, no, I mean, no, Moose ain't going nowhere. And like, you know, stay in the same vein. I wow, I don't think that's, Kenny's that's going shocking. anywhere either. Like, I mean, Kenny's yeah. been like publicly no, adamant sure. about like, he's not, he doesn't want to go anywhere. Like he wants to retire here, but yeah, no, no, Moose ain't going nowhere. Um, the, the thing I wanted to kind of add to what you saying, Cone, um, if we're moving for like a smaller piece, this is a guy that's kind of been on my, um, on my radar since he was drafted. Uh, how do you feel about Zeke Nanaji out of Denver? I like, I like Zeke. I think, yeah, he's a weird fit in. Honestly, now that you say that, that's interesting because what I've been looking at with Denver is they've got some problems in the front court because right now it's, um, it's obviously Nicole Jokic. Mm-hmm. Their backup center is DeAndre Jordan, who is not good at basketball anymore. <laughs> um, they've got Zeke who's solid, but he's, you know, not really, he doesn't really have the size really for um, what they're looking for. I mean, I wouldn't, if we wanted to go ahead and get a guy like him, if the Nuggets were looking for Darius Baisley to give them a little bit of a defense, like they don't need that much offense. If they were looking for a defensive minded guy, Mm -hmm. because their defense has been their biggest weak point this season. I, I would like that. I mean, once again, I don't think they're good. I don't know if they do end up moving him, but I like would kind of see a potential pathway there because they could be looking for some more size shot blocking whatever backing up Nicole Jokic uh because right now they, they just absolutely do not have a backup center yeah. so um yeah I mean that's a name I'd like I'd like him coming in here I think he'd be a fun piece on this team I'd like to see um just give us another big guy <laughs> we can we can really use those yeah for sure and I mean he's he's cheaper than a lot of the options that like you you know, you see thrown out there like yeah. Mo Bamba, like, you know, he might cost you more to bring in and also like he's going to want to get paid. So like it's probably going to be like a heftier rental. Uh, Jackson Hayes is another guy that, you know, a lot of Thunder fans like throwing out there. Um, you know, he was, like the, he was like the number 10 pick in the draft a, a few years ago. And, you know, he doesn't have a real spot on the Pelicans, but – I think that they would be expecting, you know, a little bit extra just because of the potential that he's shown. So uh, that, that's why I've kind of, you know, thrown out Zeke Naji because I think he's a highly skilled player offensively mm-hmm. and he could do a little bit defensively. He's not the biggest guy, obviously, but like, yeah, offensively, like I love his skill. I think that he would be a lot of fun in our system. Yeah, I like that name a lot. That's not one that I thought about too much. Uh, yeah, Thunder fans, and I think fans across the league, the name or the names that come to mind are people like you said, like a Mo Bamba, or with the Warriors, like a, like oh, like James Wiseman, could we salvage him? And I don't want mm-hmm. that whole situation yeah, going no. on here. <laughs> but thanks. Um, he might turn into a good player someday, but it's just I don't want to have to deal with that where it's like 
I feel like a lot of teams get locked into something sometimes where it's like, oh, he was the second overall pick. Like we got to keep him giving the, giving him these chances. And even if he's not playing well, teams feel like we, you know, we took him second overall. We got to keep playing him. So um, yeah, no thanks on that situation. Uh, PJ Washington is a name that I still like yes. theoretically for Reunite this team. PJ, uh, man. Um, I need it. Uh, I, he's still a name I like for this team. If the Hornets, uh, I, cause I do think they will kind of blow this thing up. Not that there's anything to blow up. They're terrible. Um, but I think that they will kind of trade off some of the pieces. Tara Rozier, I could see being gone. Gordon mm-hmm. Hayward could be gone. Um, at least if they're, you know, competent, competently run, which I don't really know if they are with the way that things have been going for them. There's a big question mark there. Yeah, with the rumors, with the rumors and (laughs) the the news drop from Woj about Miles Bridges and all that, it's... James Bugnight got a DUI and then played like two days later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, so what are we it, doing? In it's a lot going over there in Charlotte. So, <laughs> but if they have an epiphany and they're like, we should run a basketball team. Well, then they should end up trading most of those guys. Uh, maybe mm. PJ Washington could be one of those names that I've liked for a while. The thought of him adding to the team, he can space the floor. He's a bigger guy that can actually play like the four spot. I think he would be a perfect fit next to Chet too. I would really like the fit of them in the front court together. So uh, PJ is a name that I've for a long time been like, let's go ahead and pick him up. And, you know, if he does become available and they're say, they're like, Oh, let's just grab like a prospect, like a Darius Baisley, come and see what he can do. And, you know, worst case we let him walk or something like that in the off season, then I'm down for that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I famously in our uh, mock draft extravaganza pod, I-, I was advocating hard for the thunder to draft PJ Washington. If we didn't get tower hero, because tower hero is my guy. So uh, yeah, man, PJ Washington famously, played college basketball with Shea Gildas Alexander. Uh, they still have a great relationship, um, you know, based on what I've seen through social media and their interactions on the court. So, yeah, I'd love to have PJ on the team. Hey, keep an eye out. If after the game in a few days you see Shea and PJ doing a thing where they go like this, yeah, use the jersey to cover their mouth, and who knows? Keep an eye out. We might see – there was um, someone talking about it. There were two just guys on the Thunder and Spurs that were talking with, like, the jerseys over their mouth thing, and – they were like, what could they possibly be talking about? Like players just do that all the time. Yeah. But like, what do they talk do you think about they, there? Do they think, do you think they just like do it to mess with us? They're and just, they're just trolling like, everybody. Hey, hey, do you want to, do you want to go like get some barbecue after this? And just like totally <laughs> nonchalant things. Yeah. That's that's t- it's like weird. when around the trade deadline players tweet out the eye emoji, like something's coming yes. and then nothing happens. Yeah. Nothing happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also really quick. I just want to throw out Cam Johnson since we're uh, throwing out players. No particular reason why. I just really like Cam Johnson, and I think we should get him. Well, he's going to cost a lot, Tierney. So, <laughs> no, I think we can get him for for pretty cheap. We can get one slightly used Jay Crowder, and even that, even that'll cost us a bit because the Suns are really holding on to him for dear life right now. So it does seem that way. Now, it, in, ending the pod on the chestnut checkers moves, um, a move for the. Uh, immediate future as well as the distant future uh get somebody you can plug in and play for this year but also like chestnut checkers like i said go trade for kenneth lofton jr the chet stopper himself let him play this year and then never have to worry about anybody stopping chet and then you have chet learn against him in practice yes and develop the the resistance to Iron sharpens uh, iron, baby. Iron there you go. Exactly. Iron. The Shea versus Dort effect. You've got the Chet versus Kenneth Lofton Jr. effect. Uh, it'll go Classics. down in history. Yes. <laughs> I need it. 
I, I, that's at least worth a first round pick. That's all. I say. That's that's what Presley's been saving these picks for. He's like, I'm going <laughs> to trade for every person that's good at stop. Herb Jones going to come to the Thunder. He he had a pretty good yep. game against Shea. You're an OKC Thunder. Just take out yep. all the defensive stoppers for our best players in the league and just, just suck them him. all up like a vacuum. Just just be- bench them. Stay over there. You're not playing. You can't yep. stop Shea. Yep. Yep. And and then eventually we'll just have a team full of defensive stoppers and then Shea and Chet. <laughs> <laughs> but all right boys well it was a fun pod uh good talking to you guys uh obviously the thunder play what did i say thursday yes thunder play thursday we'll be recording thursday. friday so we'll be talking about that then um but yeah until then hope everybody has a great night god bless hoop when you can and as always thunder up. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.